Hi everyone, I hope that you're enjoying your day and that you're having a brighter day than it is here. It's very dark, very rainy and gloomy here today and I'm trying to embrace it instead of feeling a bit, you know, a bit meh about the fact that it's winter now and this is going to be the norm from now on. I'm just like, okay, let me just embrace this, light some candles, I get to put my fairy lights on and and stuff like this. So I'm going to try and think positively about it. It's a magical time of the year, December, when everyone, every business owner is starting to think about the new year and about setting those business goals and income goals. But before you can make a plan of where you're going, you need to know where you are. And that's why I've always been really into creating yearly reviews. So if you're new here, once a year, usually, unless I've gone back and like removed it, <laughs> which I have done a couple of times, I'm not gonna lie. When I've, if ever I've overshared, I fully give myself permission. If I'm feeling uncomfortable with that later on down the line to go ahead and remove it. Um, so every year anyway, I create a yearly review. And that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to walk you through my new and improved way of doing an end of year business review so that you can do yours without any guesswork of what exactly should be in the review. So I'm going to be sharing with you quite a few questions to ask yourself when you sit down to do this. And I'm going to share one of my answers, one of my own answers for most of the questions. I would recommend if you're gonna sit down and do this business review, take about one hour to complete it because there are quite a lot of questions, but I promise you it is so worthwhile doing this before you move on to planning 2024 and setting your business goals for the new year. So let's dive in. The first question you wanna ask yourself is, what are my top 2023 wins? So what went really well for me in my business this year? And the reason we want to start here is because I think most of us, when we look back on our year, it's very easy to see the things that we didn't do, the goals we didn't achieve, the mistakes that we made. And so I like to start the review session with some positivity. So let's just look at what did go well. What are you proud of? And this doesn't just have to be financial. Yes, it can be. If you've had your best financial year ever, that is incredible. If you landed loads of dream clients this year, that's amazing. But it can also be anything else that you're feeling went well in your business in 2023. So for me, one of the things I wrote down as one of my wins was posting consistently on Instagram for half of this year. Because for the first half of the year, I really was not feeling Instagram. I was not feeling social media. Sometimes it can just feel like you're on a content creation hamster wheel and you'll never be able to get off it for as long as you have your business. And sometimes social media can feel like quite a toxic place to be. And yes, there's some truth to the fact that 
in some ways it is toxic. It's designed to be addictive. It has lots of short form video now, which obviously has deteriorated a lot of people's attention spans, but also we do have some responsibility to ourselves in how we use social media. We can use it in a toxic way by scrolling for hours on end each day, or we can use it in a toxic way by following people who don't make us feel good or people who are just not very nice people. Or we can choose to use social media in a healthier way. We can set boundaries on our usage. We can choose who we follow and who we mute or unfollow. We can block people. So I really took more ownership over how I use social media. I started following business owners who inspire me through their content. I started batching my content which made it easier to stay consistent and I picked a sustainable marketing schedule for Instagram. So I started at seven days a week and then I went down to about five days a week because it's more sustainable for me and if you've been around me for any period of time or in mentorship you'll know that I always say the best marketing strategies are the ones that are sustainable for you. They're the ones that you can stick with the easiest. So yeah, I really am proud of the fact that I've been consistent on Instagram for the last half of the year and the results that that has created in my business. I feel more connected to my community. I'm having way more conversations in my DMs with my community, getting to know them more. I get sales from Instagram and clients from Instagram. So it's just been really fun and a habit that I'm really excited about and enjoying. And I say this, but I do want to make it clear before we move on to the next section of the review that I don't recommend that Instagram is your one and only marketing strategy. I know there are some mentors who recommend just focus on one marketing strategy. For some people, yeah, that might really be helpful to you. For me, I think it's a little bit risky to do that because then you're chained to that strategy. And if it stops working for some reason, then you're in trouble. So if you're interested in the other strategies I recommend, there's a marketing trifecta I recommend. So three, a three-part marketing strategy. If you're interested in learning what that is, you can either sign up for my free guidebook. It's your guide to five to 10K months with three-day work weeks. I'll link to that below. That's a totally free 14-page guidebook from me to you. And I will also link to my podcast episode on the marketing trifecta. So moving on. We've started with listing your 2023 wins. Now we're going to move on to your 2023 challenges. So I want you to write down the top challenges you had in your business. For me, one of my challenges was that I noticed I was procrastinating more, leaving things to the last minute. Particularly, I'm thinking of this podcast that what has been really helpful with me and my procrastination this year is 
breaking tasks down into baby steps and also honouring my capacity, honouring my daily capacity because I think that where overwhelm comes from for a lot of people is them sort of like overestimating how much they can get done in a day and then rushing through the day to try and get all these things done beating themselves up about it when they don't get them done by the end of the day believing that they have failed that they're not productive that they're lazy that they are behind when really it's simply more of a case of you're not honoring your daily capacity and you're trying to get more done than you are actually capable of doing in a day. So those are a couple of things that have been really helpful for me with that particular challenge this year. So write down all of the challenges within your business that you've experienced this year, the main ones. Then move on to writing down your good and bad habits from this year. And I don't just mean in business, I mean in general because Our habits, our daily habits, they impact our business because they impact our mood, they impact our well-being and those things in turn impact the business. So write down the main good habits, the habits you're proud that you've cultivated this year and then write down some of the bad habits that you would like to get rid of in the new year or replace with healthier habits. So for me, one of those things is my phone in bed, scrolling on my phone in bed first thing in the morning because it's a waste of time and it's not productive. And I also don't think that there's any way that it can be healthy for our brains to immediately start devouring other people's lives and the news and the, I don't know, celebrity gossip and everything first thing in the morning to start our days. So that's one thing I'm going to try my absolute best to replace in the new year. But good habits I'm proud of from this year would be daily gratitude because I find it so helpful to put me in a positive state of mind to just try and remember and and list the, the things I truly am grateful for and daily walks. Those are two habits that I have that really do help me and make me feel good. So the next question that you move on to after your good and bad habits would be, how did I feel for most of the year? So did you feel calm, stressed, spread thin, passionate, inspired? What was the predominant feelings of the year. Then move on to your top three. So list your top three best sellers in your business. Then list the top three sources of your sales. If you do have a top three, if you don't list the top two or at least the top one, because you want to always make sure that you're aware of where your most sales are coming from, where most of your clients finding you because if you can know that then you can double down just double down on what works so for me a lot of my sales have come from Instagram and Pinterest so I know okay 
I can double down on these things because they're already working. And then write down the top three sources of your email list subscribers. So if you're using a tool like ConvertKit, which is the one that I use, and I'll link, I'll drop my affiliate link to ConvertKit below in the show notes. I have used ConvertKit for years and I love it. You can find this information just by clicking on the form and then clicking on reports and it will show you the top 10 sources of traffic to that opt-in form. And I can tell from mine that my top sources are Pinterest, Instagram, Google, and my own website. So that's my top four really. And then you're gonna move on once you've listed top three bestsellers, top three sources of sales, top three sources of email list subscribers, you're going to move on to the fun part or not so fun part, depending on how your year went. For some people, this might not be so fun, but I really recommend you do it. The next section of your review will be your yearly stats. And I'm not going to go through my stats right here on this review right now, but these are the stats that you should track at the end of every year. So first of all, your yearly revenue, then your yearly expenses and take home pay. So how much you took home, how much you paid yourself. What is your Instagram following? How many times do you post per week on Instagram? This is just for those of you who do use Instagram or want to continue using Instagram for your business. How many email list subscribers you have? And lastly, did you achieve your revenue goal and how does it compare to previous years? If you didn't achieve your goal, where did you fall short? Those are the statistics that you should track at the end of every year These are the ones that I personally like to track. Obviously, it might differ a bit depending on where you market your business. It might not be Instagram. It could be, I don't know, LinkedIn or something if that's what you use. Then we move on to the next section, which is your growth tracker review. So before I explain what this part of the review is, I'll explain what a growth tracker is because... You may not be in my in my course, Organize and Automate, but if you are, then you know that in one of the final modules of that course, there's a growth tracker template that I use in my own business and I give to you inside of Organize and Automate. And the growth tracker is essentially a spreadsheet where you track your most important metrics. And I'm not just talking about social media numbers. I'm talking about things like the conversion rate for any of your marketing funnels. So that would be things like an email, a free email course or a webinar or something. Anything that people can opt into and sign up for and then they join a funnel that sells one of your services or products at the end. That's what a email funnel is. So you want to be tracking the conversion rate of all of your email funnels and how many people are opting into those funnels every month. And you want to be tracking other metrics too, other really important metrics, like how much profit each of your team members are making. Because this is a metric that you can track even on team members who don't necessarily have a sales role in your business. 
you can still track how much profit people like a virtual assistant make or people like a podcast manager make. And I explain how to do that inside of Organize and Automate, so I'm not gonna go into all of that. But here in the yearly review, I like to write down, I like to open up my growth tracker and then write down how many leads entered each of my email funnels each month and how many leads converted to sales each month. So on my template, it shows the average. So I can just write down, okay, average X amount of leads entered this funnel each month. The average conversion rate was X, you know, and the average amount of sales was X. And then I do that for each of my email funnels. And then I review how much profit each of my team members made, because this is just a handy way to know, are the people you are hiring actually paying for themselves? Um, you know, is it is it actually a worthwhile expense in your business? Obviously, some team members provide more than a financial return. Sometimes they provide a time return and that in itself is good enough. But I do think that it's worthwhile just tracking if they're actually producing a financial profit too, because that way you'll be in a better position of understanding if and when it's time to let someone go or not. If you're looking sometimes at a subcontractor's um, value, the value that they're adding to your business, and you're just thinking in terms of time, and you're not thinking or realizing that actually this person makes a profit for your business, then you might end up letting go someone who is actually really valuable and should stay. So those are a couple of metrics from the growth tracker to review in your end of year review and again if you want the growth tracker template and my lesson on how to use that in your business each month that is inside of my course organize and automate I'll drop that link in the show notes as well we're going to move on now to the productivity portion of your review so here you want to write down what boosted my productivity what hindered my productivity? And are there any schedules or routines that were particularly helpful? For me this year, waking up early, having a morning routine where I gratitude journal, I make the bed and I move my body. These are definitely things that I found very helpful to my productivity. And also I used um, a planner called the Productivity Planner, which I really enjoyed using. That helped me be very productive. So it's things like this that you want to write down just so that you are aware of what helps you be your most productive self. Now, go through each section of your review and see what you want to take into 2024. So, for instance, if there are some habits that you wrote down that weren't serving you, try and write down how you're going to overcome or replace these health unhealthy habits in the new year. If there were things that did serve you, like for, for me, for instance, posting five reels a week, then that's something that I want to take 
through to the new year with me. Then write down how you want to feel in 2024. So earlier on, you wrote down how you felt predominantly this year. Let's say that you felt um, stressed this year, or let's say you felt overwhelmed most of the time this year. Maybe in 2024, you want to feel peaceful. You want to feel content. You want to feel inner calm. Write those things down because I just find it helpful. I know that some people might be thinking, well, just writing it down is not going to change anything for me. But for me, it does because it's the first step. Becoming aware of how you want to feel, how you felt and how you want to feel is your first step towards actually doing something about it. It's the first step in thinking, being aware of it and now starting to think, if I want to feel calm in 2024, then what do I need to do to achieve that feeling? How can I start to feel that in my day to day? And then final section of this review, it's not really a part of the review, it's more of a forward thinking section. So this is where you're going to start thinking about the new year. So this is where I write down my new year income goal, my expenses goal, because I do like to know, okay, if this is how much money I want to make, how much am I going to allow myself to spend on expenses? And then I'm not going to go above that. What is your take home pay goal? Like how much do you want to take home? How much do you want to pay yourself? How many Instagram followers do you want? How many email list subscribers? How many opt-ins do you want to your email funnel each month? Then how will you get those leads? For me, for instance, Instagram is one way that I get leads into my email funnel, but I also am intrigued to start using joint venture webinars again. They've worked really well for me in the past and I would be interested to see if I can start doing more of those in the new year. And I'd also be interested in trying ads again in the new year. So that is the end of your 2023 business review. So just to quickly summarize, we started with your top wins for the year, then your top challenges, your good habits and bad habits, how you felt for most of the year, your top three bestsellers, top three sources of sales or clients, top three sources of email list subscribers. You wrote down your yearly statistics. You reviewed your growth tracker. You did a productivity review. So you wrote down what boosted your productivity, what hindered it, and were there any particular schedules, routines or habits that were helpful. And then you went through each of those sections to write down what you have learned from that section that you'll take through into 2024. And you wrote how you wanna feel in 2024 and started outlining your new year goals all the way from your income goal to how many people you'd like to opt in to your email funnel every single month. And before we wrap up this episode, I do just want to explain, because I've just realised 
I didn't explain it. Not everyone will understand why I even add this to the review. So when I tell you to write down your goal for how many people you'd like to opt in to your email funnel, the reason I do this is because this can basically allow you to predict your monthly income. So let me just grab my calculator because I bet I'm gonna need it. <laughs> I'm not very good at maths from the top of my head. Because an email funnel, as I mentioned earlier, it's when you have a freebie, let's say a free webinar, a free guidebook, like a PDF, or a free email course. And that leads into a series of, let's say, five emails. And the last of those emails pitch your service or product. So once you have uh, launched your free thing, your email funnel, let's say that five people, five people? <laughs> let's say that 500 people, for easy maths, joined the funnel. Out of those 500 people, 10 of them became paying clients. Let's say you're a coach and 10 of those people joined your coaching program. 10, you would then need to work out, 10 is what percent of 500? 10 is 2% of 500. So that means that the conversion rate on that particular email funnel is approximately 2%. And this is really valuable information to know because now you know for every 500 people that enter this funnel, you'll get approximately 10 sales. So if you wanna keep getting 10 sales every single month, 10 clients every single month, you'll need 500 people to enter your email funnel. And if you want 20 new clients every month, then you'll need a thousand people to join the email funnel. So this is why it's so important to track your funnel opt-ins, like how many you want per month, because this will be a strong indicator once you know your conversion rate of how much income you can predict to make every single month. So that is it from this episode. I hope that you found it helpful. And if you did, you know what I'm going to say, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review over on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, because Honestly, it really does help me. And I do see every one of your reviews because I put a lot of time, thought and effort into this podcast, not just me, but my virtual assistant as well. We both tag team, we work together on this podcast. And it's something that I just enjoy putting out there and enjoy making. And so, yeah, it means a lot to me when you guys, when you guys, show me that you're enjoying it, that you're gaining something from it by leaving a five-star rating and review. So I really appreciate that. If you do have 30 seconds, that's literally all it takes to leave a rating and a one-sentence review. And if you're interested in the course that I mentioned in this episode, Organize and Automate, that is my signature self-study course. We've got over 1,000... 200, 1,500 members. I don't know anymore <laughs> because I lost track, but we've got lots of incredible student, students in that course. And it's a course dedicated to helping you organize your online service business 
so you can stop stressing, save time and amaze your clients. And I've got lots of systems in there from your client process all the way to tracking your growth metrics every month. So if you want to be a really organised online service provider in 2024, this is the course that will help you achieve that. So I'll drop that link as well. I've said that a million times in this episode, so I'm gonna have to listen through and make a note of all of the links that I said I'd give you, but they will all be below in the show notes. Enjoy them, enjoy your day, and I'll speak to you in the next episode.